Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hello, this is Robert Smigel coming to today with Canada's podcast, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen here in British Columbia. Our guest today is Vivian Liu. Vivian stumbled into the auto industry via a marketing competition back in 2015. From there, she suddenly found herself in rural BC managing and consulting dealerships in sales and marketing as a district manager. Seven years later, she has managed over 80 dealerships from BC to all the way to Saskatchewan on behalf of General Motors. Today, Vivian has found herself deeper into the auto industry more than she has ever expected as an executive at an auto tech startup, as well as found, founding her own MAE or Making Auto Easy Company. Well, Vivian, welcome to Canada's podcast. Thanks for taking the time today to be here for all our listeners. Thanks for having me. Okay, let's get into this. I want you to tell us a little bit more about yourself and give us the details on your current business. Are you from Vancouver, born and raised, or BC? Where are you from? I was born in China. I moved to Canada when I was uh, five. So I grew up in Ontario and I moved to BC uh, first when I started a General Motors back in 2015. So that was um, in Kelowna. I stayed there for about a year, moved to Saskatchewan for a year and a half, and then I was lucky to move back to BC. So um, been with in automotive since then. And I've loved it in BC and I've decided to to stay here for obvious reasons and to start my own company called May, which stands for Making Auto Easy. Okay. Now you started this company, you've been in the business for quite some time and uh, you obviously love automobiles. Is is your true passion just driving or is it just the industry? What is it? What drives you to, so to speak, into this industry and why do you like it so much? I think the auto industry is really fascinating. I think sometimes we you know that cars generally we use to get us from A to B, but sometimes we forget that, you know, a car is incredible technology and it has changed so much in the last couple of years and truly so with electric vehicles. So things are really going to change in the next couple of years, in the next 10 to 20 years. And I find that really interesting. And driving personally is incredibly fun. I've been lucky to drive a lot of really cool cars working for General Motors. So that only helps to fuel the passion. Yeah. Okay. Now, did you need financing to start your company and how are you currently making money in the business now? Yeah, we're a really new startup. So right now we're still pre-revenue. So we're not charging for any of our services, but we've actually just launched our paid services uh, in the last week or so. Uh, But right now... uh, what we're doing is we're helping customers buy cars or deciding which car to buy faster. Uh, and then we'll go into more concierge services where we help uh, them understand all their options and guide them from uh, the beginning of their purchase to the end. Okay. So you basically are kind of covering the pain points for women specifically, because as we know, women tend to go with a man traditionally to a car dealership because uh, men typically may know a little bit more about cars. So this next question, I want you to talk to the general consumer. I want you to give me a key piece of knowledge or information about your industry that our listeners can learn from. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that. So back in the day, uh, 
we know that men generally had their preferences for cars. They generally decided that, you know, I was either a Ford GM or a Dodge guy. Those are the trucks that I was going to buy and that you were loyal to it. What we found is that most people nowadays, men included, don't actually know as much about cars. And in the automotive industry, we have a lot of stats that float around. We know that 90% of women stated in a survey that they wouldn't go to a dealership without a man. And we also know that 85% of car purchases are influenced by women. And the crazy part is women actually purchase the majority of all cars, but yet two thirds of them don't know where to start when it comes to actually buying one. But when it comes to the overall public, um, people generally, when they're shopping for cars, it takes them about three to four months and they only consider two to three cars and they only go to one to two dealerships. They really don't want to do a ton of shopping. But the crazy part is there's actually over 1500 car combinations, and these are just the most modern companies. So um, 1,500 car combinations out there, and yet you have to narrow them down within a short amount of time. And most people don't want to spend that time shopping for cars. So there's a lot to see out there. And there's a lot of things changing in the world, whether from EVs to features. And that's actually why we created May, was to help people understand what their options were in a really fast amount of time and give them the information that they need to make a decision for themselves without having to spend you know, those three months trying to figure out uh, which ones to buy. You know, it's almost like buying a house. You gotta, you know, do your homework, and you want to find the right car and color and make and model, and and it uh, seems to be not just going into a dealership and buying one like a piece of paper or something. So, okay, you've started. You stated earlier this is a startup. You're located in BC, but what is the long term vision? Well, what will your company look like in the future? Meaning, where do you want to go? Do you see the company expanding into the other areas and where beyond Vancouver, BC, or even Canada? Yeah, the plan is to open up our service across Canada and into the US. We really want to build some sort of standard for car shopping online. There's a lot more resources and more companies that are out there that are offering an online digital solution for car buying. But a lot of those companies, they still focus on the very end of the journey, which is really, uh, where do I buy it? How do I get the best deal? Whereas we found that we want to help people with that beginning part of their journey, discovering what other options are, the fun part, really. So what we would like to do is uh, develop it into something where it'll be good for consumers. But at the same point, we can also work with other automotive partners such as like the big companies like AutoTrader and Carvana and even manufacturers like our dream would be able would be to be able to sell cars through manufacturers um, at least that that would be the vision okay so direct to consumer mm-hmm. online I, I guess uh, Tesla does that now doesn't it yeah they do it's very specific there is um I mean, there's a lot of regulations around what um, it's all managed by dealerships. And that's that's how the relationships work between manufacturers and dealerships. And mm-hmm. that's kind of one of the things that uh, is a big challenge, this vision. But we know that some of that is changing as well. Ford's shown that ex- as an example, too. Okay. Now, you're doing business in Vancouver, Canada, British Columbia. Let's talk a little bit about that. What are the biggest benefits for you in being an entrepreneur in Vancouver? I want you to give us some of the good points about starting a company here, but I also want you to give us some of the tough things or challenges you've had for our listeners so they can keep an eye out for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm speaking personally, you know, from my my experience as a new founder in the last couple of years. So what I found uh, in Vancouver, and it seems like there is a lot of, there's a bigger tech community in Vancouver than there is in a lot of other areas in the country outside of Toronto. So there are some really great communities, a lot of support that's been built, a lot of great organizations that are built to help founders. Um, and it's either new t- new founders and a lot of organizations for female founders. So some of the ones that I'm really passionate about are like, 
like uh, the forum that helps women founders and new ventures VC. Uh, these are great organizations that really helped me get to where I am today. And if we didn't have the the foundation, all the people that are so interested in helping entrepreneurs, um, I, I probably wouldn't be where I am right now. And some of the bad, um, I would say partially I don't have a lot to compare to. I couldn't say, you know, what are the resources compared to Silicon Valley, but I imagine there's definitely a gap there. But I find that it also comes down to you as an individual, how much you're, how much effort you're willing to put into doing things like networking, because those type of efforts really make a difference in your experience. But it also, I mean, COVID's been really tough as well. It, it affects the ability for us to go network. Um, so for a lot of us, getting back into networking is really interesting, uh, especially for a new time founder. A lot of people are very, um, very educated, very experienced. So it can be a little bit intimidating, but I think that just comes with time. Okay. Now, I want you to imagine learning what you've learned since you've been an entrepreneur. If you were to start all over again, and you just moved here to Vancouver, BC, but this time you don't know anyone, knowing what you know now, what would you do? And how would you go about starting all over again as an entrepreneur? I mean, what would you do differently? You've learned, you've been through some mistakes, you've been along the way, you've kind of gone through this process. And if someone says, okay, if you were to start all over again, what would you do differently knowing what you know now? Yeah. I mean, I would make a really intentional um I would do an intentional exercise where you understand where your gaps in knowledge are and where are you need uh, where you need some additional help, and then going out there and finding those people that can really help you understand what you need to know, and understanding how to build a community faster, knowing who the key players are, um, and really start having conversations faster, and asking those people for additional connections. That's a huge thing that I learned that um, that you need to learn how to network properly, being a founder. I'm being completely unapologetic about it because, you know, you may send out a hundred different uh, contacts, but only 10 people may respond to you, but that's okay because those 10 people can get you to where you need to be and what you were truly looking for. So um, I would say that kind of also goes back into a little bit of, you know, being a new founder, there's a lot you don't know. You're probably going to feel a lot of, you know, perfectionism, which I found that a lot of people are perfectionists, or you may be feeling with things like imposter syndrome. It's about getting past all that and going out there and talking to people and asking questions, whether it's to learn from other founders or, um, or it's to learn from your customers. I think it's about having that ability to go out there and, you know, step out of your comfort zone. Do you have a morning routine that helps you motivate to start your day? Do you have a certain regiment of things that you do in the morning uh, that kind of gets you going on the right track? Uh, coffee is a big, big player in this for sure. Um, I'm a big, uh, I'm a list person. I like having my to-do list uh, on pen and paper, through pen and paper. Um, so I'm a little bit traditional in that sense. I think a lot of people have apps on their phones or, you know, Google Docs, things like that, that help them. But starting, you know, um, I head into my Mondays with a full list of information or tasks that I need to complete that's going to help me get to where I want to be. Uh, and then bringing those down on a daily basis in the morning is really what helps me set the tone of, you know, what I need to do and can I accomplish those things and what are my barriers to doing so. Do you think entrepreneurs have to be weird or unique in a positive way or are wired differently? I wouldn't say that you necessarily 
need to be weird. <laughs> um, wired differently is an interesting one. I think it comes down to what your interests are. Some people don't. Uh, I think there are people that are truly meant to be entrepreneurs. They kind of they've shown uh, actions or behaviors, you know, growing up and what they've done through school and their extracurriculars. But I think for some people, they also just stumble on ideas um, through the experiences that they built, whether in their personal lives or in their in their work. You know, a lot of really great ideas have just come from pain points that people experience uh, and they fully just stumble upon it. And I think it comes down to how much uh, you're willing to, how interested you're in, you are in that problem and how willing you are to try to go solve it. So I think it's something that you truly can develop. Okay. You've mentioned earlier that uh, research is big key, but let's talk about your reading habits. What books are you reading now and why, or even audiobooks? And can you recommend any books for our listeners who are also entrepreneurs? Yeah. Uh, I'm more of an audiobook person and I come from the marketing side. So I think one of the really great books that I wrote recently was called uh, Obviously Awesome. It's a it's a book about product positioning and how to position your brand and your product in a way that people are going to be really interested and want to buy it. Um, and that's, an, that's a book by April Dunford. And another one that I found was really helpful when I was at the beginning of my journey, not knowing whether my, how to validate my idea, or if I find that there's a lot of people who want to be entrepreneurial, but don't have, feel like they don't have the idea. There's a great book called Side Hustle um, by uh, Chris uh, Gibeau, I believe. And it's about coming up with different ideas uh, in a matter of a month that you can really action on. So I think those are really great for new founders. Um, but some other resources being in Vancouver specifically that really helped me as a founder to understand the landscape in Vancouver and what the startup environment looked like and who were the players. I think VantechJournal.com was a really great one for me. Okay, good. Any online or offline tools you use on a daily basis? Yeah, I, I mean, I think for most people, like a uh, Slack or Notion are really great. Notion is great for project management, uh, for note taking. That's been a good one for me. Um, networking, like I mentioned earlier, LinkedIn is so great. I think really investing time to use their search op so their search engine to find the people that you need to talk to is, has been really helpful. And I've met so many people, and I would have never been able to talk to them otherwise. Um, offline tools. I mean, going back to my traditional um, exercises, I think one of the things that I do that I love sharing is um, whiteboarding and just getting a smaller whiteboard even, or if you have windows, getting window markers. I love just putting all of my ideas out there. And I think most people are visual people. So the seeing all of your ideas and how they connect with one another on a whiteboard um, has been really great. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about British Columbia and, and working there. How do you balance work and how do you relax and not think about work? Being that you're an entrepreneur, you work all the time. Do you have other activities that kind of takes you away from that where you can think about, contemplate your business, just kind of get out there? Do you ski, do you bike, kayak, golf, hike, or something over a drive? Yeah, definitely. I mean, in BC, we're so lucky we can do all of the things and more. Um, I think hiking is a great one. Skiing has been really great. I've discovered recently, you know, different areas, different campgrounds that you can get to where you have absolutely no cell service. So there's absolutely no work that you could possibly do or connect with anyone. Those have been really great to disconnect. And a Golden Years is a campground has been a really good one for me. Okay, let's talk a bit about potential jobs and things like that. What kind of a job would you not like to do? What I not like to do? I mean, anything that relies on me not talking to people, I think I think that's that would be the most painful. I love engaging with people and learning from them. Wouldn't work in a toll booth, I take it. Yeah, that'd be a tough one. <laughs> okay. 
If you weren't doing what you do now, what job would you ultimately like to do? I'm a profession. If you weren't in the auto business, would you do? Yeah. I mean, there's one that I've always wanted to do was to become um, a food influencer. So that's going around to all the new restaurants in Vancouver and discovering them for the first time and trying new things and recommending them to people. I do that basically on my own within my friend group, but that's not, that would be really great. Okay. In business, what is your favorite word, quote, or sentence that you like to use? The people you work with, they often always say, Vivian likes to use this word or sentence or something like that. Would be motivational or inspirational, yeah. aspirational. Anything you use frequently? There's one that's, um, there's two actually. There's one that I've learned being a founder that really challenges me. And I'm by no means am I good at this, but it's uh, done is better than perfect. It's about how much can you execute intentionally. Um, that's going to get something out the door. Otherwise, you're always going to be going through the circle where something is not perfect, so it doesn't go out there. And it's the only way you truly learn is by putting things out there and seeing how it lands. I think that's one that's uh, tough for a lot of founders and myself included. Um, and one that I found recently uh, from one of my mentors, uh, she was asking me to not focus on doing, but to focus on the mission. And what that means to me is, you know, it's not about just being productive every day and getting through the to-do list, but understanding what it is that you're trying to truly accomplish, what your mission is, and then looking at your to-do list and what you're doing and your productive hours. And if that's actually driving you towards that mission. So I think that was a, a really big one for me the last couple of weeks. Okay. What's your least favorite word sentence you do not like to hear? Uh, I think, I think perhaps it's more of a behavior. What I found is uh, people who come with, problems but not necessarily solutions where you know we can identify problems i think we can all do that but to to come with some sort of solution or even the questions to ask to help us to determine how to get to the solution would be would be something that i always look for okay if you had to pick one or two words to describe yourself what would it be and why uh, I am, I'm a, I'm a planner. <laughs> I'm a very intentional planner. I'm always thinking about, especially even in my personal or professional life, I'm always thinking about uh, the things that I need to know or do later on and how I can prepare for that now so that when I get there, uh, it will be less of a task or maybe perhaps we can, we can overcome it, you know, faster and more efficiently. And um, I just say, I'm, I'm really ambitious. I'm always looking to improve personal and professionally. And I, I know that's something that I'm I'm proud to carry with me. Anything keeping you up at night these days? I know sometimes we take our, our business problems with us to bed. Does that bother you or do you just kind of clear that out and deal with it in the morning? Yeah, I think it's like a every other day type of situation. Um, definitely things that keep me up at night are, are definitely um, how fast I can move in my startup. I, I know that there's a lot that I want to do and it a lot of that comes down on you as the founder, and especially when you don't have a very large team. Um, that's definitely what keeps me up at night. Okay. Why don't you give us the top three, three things on your inspired life list? This could be philanthropy, biographies, you want to travel more, start another company, anything like that? Yeah. Um, from May's perspective, so making auto easy, what I would love to do is give away cars. I'd love to be able to find really great causes or really great people that are using their vehicles to do great things, whether it's for their professional, personal lives. And 
be able to sponsor them and give cars away every single year. That would be a dream of mine. Um, I would love to relearn my my Mandarin. I, I speak it, but very conversationally. I think that's a life goal of mine that's going to take me a lifetime probably. Um, and I think it's, yeah, to travel more would be great, especially after COVID. Do you have any advice that you may have received that you can pass on to entrepreneurs throughout Canada? Something someone said to you, other entrepreneur, other someone else that said something to you that really resonated with you? Yeah, I mean, other than the, you know, the done is better than perfect and you know, don't focus on the doing. Um, I think it's about um, like, just get out there, you know, ask yourself if it's really a risk. Things that may feel risky to you may not actually be a risk. Uh, so being able to bucket and, you know, categorize how risky things truly are and you know, what are the long-term effects? And if there aren't any major long-term effects, um, just get out there and do it. Take massive action. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're going to wrap things up here. How can our listeners get hold of you? Is there anything you'd like to add before you leave us today? So anything that I've left out for the, the car industry, what your particular company in general? Yes. Um, you can reach me at Vivian at makingautoeasy.com. We're also uh, on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. Um, we just rebranded our website. Uh, we've launched some new services. So if anybody's looking to buy a car across Canada um, and you're just looking for some guidance or you're truly looking to make a decision really quick because you want to get onto a wait list because it takes six to eight months now to get a car, um, reach out to me. I'm happy to help um, and check us out, um, makingautoeasy.com. Men and women. Men and women. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Okay. Vivian, thanks for coming on the show. I've learned a lot about you, and I'm sure our listeners have as well. Thank you. Thanks so much.